Welcome to the Travel Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I interview expats and locals from cool and interesting places, and they share what they recommend and maybe the tourist traps to avoid. For today's episode, we'll be talking about Shanghai and China with Xi'an. Xi'an speaks Shanghainese, and we had a great time navigating the city while we were there. We did a walking tour, and so this episode's broken up into two parts. The first part is in People's Square, and that's where the marriage market is. And then the second part was in the French Concession, which is a little bit more international. It's really exciting. There's just so many layers to the city. I'm really excited to share this with you. Let's get started. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Travel Talk Podcast. I am here with Xi'an in Shanghai right now. Woo! Yeah. Xi'an, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Xi'an, Xi'an Wang. I am uh, a New Yorker who's traveling in Shanghai for the next uh, two months, just uh, taking a break from you know, normal work, trying to maybe think about whether or not I want to live in Shanghai. So uh, yeah, trying to make friends, hang out with Melissa, things like that. That's right. Your friend who's being dragged, or you're, I'm dragging you along mainly. Yeah, maybe. We're dragging each other toward different things, I think. <laughs> um. What, how do you know Shanghai so well? Um, I was born in Shanghai, but I left Shanghai when I was five. So uh, really, I think around college age is when I started visiting and kind of falling in love with the city a little bit. You know, just coming here and feel, feeling Chinese and being able to speak uh, Shanghainese, which is a dialect of Chinese that uh, is very different from Mandarin. It's actually... Um, it's more than 50% mutually unintelligible with Mandarin. So it's technically classified as its own separate language, uh, even though it's based on the same, uh, all Chinese dialects are based on the same base language. So they have the same grammar, same words, just the pronunciation is very different. Uh, but being able to speak that language is, uh, you know, it's so much feels like part of my like childhood identity, you know, and then other parts of just being in China. I don't know. I just love it. I just a place that I always come back to. How about you set the stage here? Tell, how about you tell our listeners where we are right now? Yeah, so we are in People's Park. We decided to come here because uh, there's a very, it's a somewhat well-known tourist attraction, I suppose. But um, Melissa and I have been talking a little bit about the difficulties of dating in China. And, you know, because of, I think, some of the cultural difficulty of dating, um, what happens is that parents become very concerned about finding, you know, uh, the partners for their children. And so there's something here called the marriage market. And what it is, is it's a big gathering of parents. I think it's actually kind of like a party for the parents because they just want to come hang out during the day on Sunday. But they bring... Uh, little written introductions about their kids, you know, how tall they are, uh, where they went to school, you know, um, sort of uh, what year they were born. You find that a lot of these little profiles are very similar to each other. Uh, there's almost no photos. So, you know, we're th thinking of maybe getting them a little bit better on their marketing. But, uh, you know, no photos. But basically, you come here and you discuss with other parents, you know, whether your child would be a match. And then they try to uh, set their kids up on dates. So we've had a chance to see the marriage market. What else, like, for example, if um, I was to come back or if you had a friend coming into town, like I know Kirsten and Danny are in China right now. Yeah, definitely. What would you recommend to them if they were in Shanghai? You know, honestly, this is going to sound not that special, but my favorite thing about Shanghai is just walking around urban Shanghai. And that is because I really think, you know, Shanghai is just this incredible city of urban organization to me, you know, of modern organization, technology, population. You know, there are 24 million people in this city and you feel it. You know, you can 
tell there's that many people here. And in order to get those people moving efficiently, eating, shopping efficiently, people want leisure, people want luxury, you know, they want comfort, they want entertainment, you know, in order to move all that stuff, you need this incredible system. And, you know, so I just love walking around urban Shanghai and looking and people watching, you know, or just looking at how new the buildings are or, you know, how well the traffic flows, how, you know, how clean things are and how difficult it must be to keep the streets clean. Which neighborhoods are best for this kind of immersive experience? Yeah, you know, the neighborhood we're in is very touristy, honestly, but uh, this is called, um, we are near People's Square. So this is, you know, where there's a lot of high class shopping. It's very built up and very touristy. And then a little bit west of here um, is uh, Qing'an Temple or Qing'an Su. And that uh, has a district, uh, a chu is a district in Chinese, so it would be Qing'an chu. And that one is a little bit more residential, but has a lot of businesses, you know, wide streets, kind of very modern. And I like walking around there, too. Um, and then as you go west, there's a little bit, you know, there's the, the area called Shuhuichu uh, or Shuhui District, um, which in the west is sometimes called the French Concession. It's called that because uh, the, during um, during the Opium Wars, during uh, colonial times, you know, that area was conceded to the French as a place as a domain of uh, of you know French control. So there, there's a lot of kind of traditional European architecture. There, the pace is a little slower. You can kind of see the international aspect of Shanghai. There's people from all over the world. Yeah, there's a lot more foreign. There. Yes, cafes, brunch, you know, things like that. We were there yesterday, and um, it's tough because I definitely want to immerse myself, but sometimes it's a nice, like, little break because everything's in English. Definitely, definitely. There's definitely, like, we're all, most of us are tourists there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know, Shanghai, I don't think, is a very easy city, honestly, for. Uh, expats or foreigners, which is kind of ironic because there are so many foreigners and there's a whole district that is sort of where foreigners love to love and uh, or love to live and play and, you know, sort of enjoy themselves. But the problem is, I think that most of Shanghai at large, you know, there's no need for tourism here. You know, there's no real other than, you know, sort of doing business and, you know, sort of keeping things moving, but mostly for Chinese people in the Chinese economy. There's not really a need to sort of cater to Westerners. So a lot of Shanghai doesn't really have the kind of signage or, you know, people willing to speak English in a way where uh, they can. They just don't want to. You know, so it it can be kind of hard to integrate into Shanghai at large, even though there's maybe 20 percent of Shanghai that feels so foreigner friendly. Totally. Um, Like I'm here for work. Yeah. And. While I've been here, I've just been like, there's always somebody with me, like either coworkers. Yeah, you need a chaperone. Totally, right? <laughs> and like for example, because or also I, get scammed everywhere you go. Absolutely, but also like for example, I have to use cash for the taxis, but none of the taxis speak English, and because they don't, also don't understand Latin words, I have to get like, I have to, I've done screenshots of like my hotel and like yep. what it is in Chinese yep. and like, again, it's it's just like an extra layer of thought, and it, it's not intuitive. Yes, but definitely. I'm here for business. Like to be honest, ninety percent of my time I'm in the office. Yeah, exactly. And you would think, you know, such an American city, you're here for business, you should be able to get around very easily, you know. And but even uh, some of the taxi apps, you know, are very hard for foreigners to access without a mobile payment system. So, yeah, even though it's such an international city, there's kind of I kind of feel like you know they just don't care. Like there's no real caring about catering to. It's like sort of like do it our way or just get the hell out of here, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you definitely have to quickly follow the beat of the city. Definitely, most definitely. Growing up, I saw the cartoon The Jetsons. 
Oh, okay, yeah. And I feel like I have never seen the real life equivalent, but this has come. Do you feel like this is? This has come so close. Like I know there's this one district, the bu- the Bund, or mm-hmm. it's like yeah, the Bund, yeah. Totally, it's like the the street across. It's the area across the river from where all oh, the. Oh, ma- so that's Putong, actually. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so there's a river in. Uh, there's the Huangpu River or the Huangpu Kang, and this is sort of cutting through the middle of Shanghai and the eastern part of that. Uh, that river is called Pushi. She is east, so or no, sorry. Uh, well, maybe we should add this. The western part of the river is Pushi. She means west, and so. The western part is where uh, most of Shanghai was built, you know, during the time when uh, Shanghai, uh, you know, sort of old Shanghai existed. So that is where most of the history is, most of the culture is. The eastern part of the the, the river, the Pu, Pu Putong, is uh, where now it, it's been developed sort of as as kind of like an ultra-modern experiment almost. When it was created, I think it was called the Putong uh, Experimental Zone or Developmental Zone or something like that. It was like all that. farmland like 20 years ago. A lot of it was farmland and as it gets built out you can see where the development has yet to go and so it suddenly just transforms into total farmland um you know but the the area that is built out is so modern to the point where it's almost unrecognizable as even maybe even as a form of human civilization almost oh my god totally like these buildings are just obscene and like amazing and like at night we were at the Indigo Bar right. and like you saw the views. There's all this video on them. Yeah. Yeah, like I could watch T V on a building. Right. It's like right. it's like a multiplied if like Vegas had been amplified or like grown exponentially. This is what Shanghai is. Yeah, exactly. You know, you almost expect to be like in a flying car going around in a tube or something like that. You I know? can totally believe yes. that here. Yeah, and even, you know, I mean, by your hotel, you're staying at the Grand Hyatt, you know, or the Park Hyatt, and um, even by the hotel, when you go downstairs, the the highway circle that's right there is just so futuristic, you know, it's almost not, it's not anything out of, you know, anything that I think exists anywhere in the world. There's just this unfamiliarity as a tourist that you just don't experience, especially if you're coming from a more, more Western background. Um, how do you recommend like navigating like on a day to day level? How do you recommend navigating this? Like, you know, it's funny. I I have to say, get a Chinese person to go with you <laughs> because <laughs> we'll post your information on yeah, the website. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Maybe I'll start some sort of uh, Chinese chaperone. You know, you got a tours plan. of business. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I mean, honestly, uh, when our friends, you know, uh, you know, Danny Kirby, Joe, uh, Tyler, when they were all here, you know, um, that was the same problem, right? Is that I think we just got to do a lot more stuff because I was here to be able to take them around because honestly, you know, what I think ends up happening is that there's two very separate worlds here of the expat world and the Shanghainese world. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we heard about this a little bit last night. Right. And, you know, this isn't everybody. Some people, I think, can break into both of these worlds, right? And some people, you know, obviously can exist in both. But I do think that for expats here, they come in, there's all this option of clubs, bars, restaurants that they can go to that are by and large Western. You know, the, you can get great pizza, great hamburgers, great Italian food, you know, really good pasta, uh, great French food. You can go to all these bars and get good cocktails. You can go to whatever speakeasy you want to. Um, but what ends up happening is that that is the only part of Shanghai you know, you know, and therefore 
it can very much feel like a very cold city without a soul because you're not really able to go and sort of experience the rest of Shanghainese life. So you mentioned earlier about like being able to explore and actually seeing the city, and sometimes that being like sometimes only that being available for the expats, the hamburgers, the pizza. But、um, like Chinese food is just amazing here. Like, yeah. How how do you recommend navigating that and identifying like a really good restaurant? Well, you know, I mean, I do think that there are some Chinese restaurants that are relatively accessible to Westerners, and you know,、um, what you can do is th- there's kind of a traditional format of Chinese restaurant, which is a little bit more of what maybe our parents' generation would go to: big tables, pretty loud, you know, like a lot of people in there, and you order、fun. gigantic menu. I love it. You know, I love that kind of food, and you know, you order a ton of food, and you don't eat, you know. Know, half of it, even you know, and it's just、um, you know, you're meant to go with six people because you know, if you order one dish, you just get this like huge entire pork shoulder, and you're just like you know, eat this basically.、Um, The portions but, are large, definitely, yes, definitely, definitely. And then I think there's this kind of new style, which is still Chinese, but you know, has kind of picked up some Western attitudes about service and about you know portions and about sort of.、Um, actually, I was at a.、Um, I was at a hot pot restaurant yesterday with my family, and、um, in the waiting room there was a、uh, for the during the waiting service. You know there was an in-house.、Uh, Pedicure, like a nail salon person. So she was. She would definitely work for the restaurant. She was doing people's nails, and then there were massage chairs. So they were massaging people and doing their nails as they were waiting for a table. That's awesome. Can we can we bring that to the U.S.? Yeah, that should be <laughs> in the U.S. I think.、Um, yeah, but probably not New York because you know they're too busy yelling at you. To, you know, you're you're in their way. You're taking up table space. Definitely. But you know, there are there are some good sites that I think you can use to find Chinese food. You know, so smartshanghai.com is one of Them、uh, timeout Shanghai is another one. Oh, that's a classic. Yeah, that one's a classic.、Um, you know, Eater I think is relatively useful in China.、Um, What will happen is that those sites will mostly introduce you to Western food because、um, you know they're mostly for expats. You know, but if you can go to some of the Chinese restaurants there, you can find, for example, the the greatest dumpling spot. You know, you can find a place for great noodles.、Um, you can find. This、uh, there's this one that's always recommended. It's called、uh, Chengguo Three Two Eight, which is this、um, very Western-friendly kind of small Shanghainese restaurant that serves very traditional dishes.、Uh, you know, fried duck leg.、Uh, this called, thing called Hong Sao Ro, which is like a braised soy sauce. It's kind of sweet pork belly. You know, the pork is kind of cooked to this、uh, very very soft, tender consistency. You know, which is a very classic Shanghai dish. Or it's actually it's actually not Shanghai. There's no real、uh, exact Shanghai food. It's sort of like dishes that. Have been taking from t- taken from different cultures. An amalgamation or, of everything. Yeah, an amalgamation of different Chinese dishes that have become very popular. But I think the Shanghainese t- palate tends to be on the sweeter side. You know, not a lot of spice, so a lot of sugar in the food. You know, a lot of like soy and sugar based. Definitely sweeter. Yeah, definitely those kind of flavor profiles.、Um, but you know, there are some classic foods, and you can find it on sites like that. So、um, we're, we're almost at time. If there was one takeaway you want for our listeners. And when they're thinking about Shanghai or visiting Shanghai, what do you recommend? Yeah, you know, the biggest thing is that I just recommend you come here and keep an open mind, you know, and try to get yourself into the mindset where you try to appreciate the urbanness. You know, if you are not. 
I think it's a tough place to travel if, for example, you don't like crowds or you don't like pushing to some degree, you know, or you're not you're a little bit afraid of traffic and things like that, you know. But if you can come here and try to be like, all right, I'm going to try to put aside some of that discomfort and just I'd walk around with my eyes open and just absorb kind of, you know, the, the to me, the sounds, the smells, you know, the sound of everyone talking and like sometimes yelling at each other and negotiating over prices and stuff, you know, the smell of all the different food that's going around, you know, uh, the music, the horns that are all the traffic, you know, just uh, open your senses and listen to all that stuff as you're in the urban area. I think you get a great feel of this energy that to me is really only exists in Shanghai, maybe not even in New York City, you know, the same way. For part two, please stay tuned. We'll be talking about the French concession. Uh, Sheehan, how about you tell our listeners where we are right now? Uh, we are in an area called uh, the former French concession, which, uh, it, you know, that refers to colonial times when the French kind of owned this area um, and it was conceded to uh, French during mostly the Opium Wars. This area, it's also called uh, in Shanghainese or in Chinese, it's called Shuhuichu. Uh, this area is a very foreigner-heavy area. It's kind of the place to go if you are an expat in China. It's um, it's actually very uh, it has, it's very low density. The buildings are very small. There's a lot of very more historical buildings. If you rent an apartment here, it's actually uh, most of the buildings are very old. You know, so it's creaky. It's inside of uh, what is a Chinese residential unit. So it would be you go into kind of a gated community, and then the inside is all these buildings where all the residential units live you'll see very old chinese things like uh people hanging their laundry outside of their window you know things like that i've totally seen that today yes exactly we've seen a fair amount of that in the city center actually um but yeah the reason i think that um expats like it here is that uh, it really lends itself to a lot of kind of expat bars and restaurants we're sitting at a tapas restaurant uh having two for one uh daiquiris and caparinos for happy hour and fries yeah very and fries. very like non non-asian yeah, <laughs> non not Asian at all yeah exactly and so this part it almost feels like sometimes it's almost 50 percent expat you know on sundays you'll see people having coffee people going for brunch a lot of dogs you know and uh you were saying it has kind of a european feel to it totally and it's like like we were talking about this earlier, Shanghai is a very like functioning, like livable city. Definitely. And, and it's like a very like working city. Right. And so as a tourist, it's just harder for me to navigate. Yes. This part is much more, you know, there's much more English. There's it's a lot. So, it just feels familiar. You know? Yes, exactly. You know, and I think that the, the, the fact that it's a little bit less dense aids to that. You know, that's not as it doesn't feel like it's as much of a rush, you know. Um, and it, I guess this part does have a little bit of more traditional Chinese architecture, you know, what you would think of as traditional. I think that when people think of China, you know, they envision kind of some stereotypical things from ancient China, you know, things like temples or things like, uh, you know, Buddhists or monks or things like that, or some very Chinese types of architecture. Totally. Or like um, Beijing, there's that iconic, the iconic, like, great... 
You know what I'm talking about. Uh, like, uh, well, there's like Tiananmen Square, you yeah, know, which exactly is very right. Chinese. You know, there's things like the Great Wall, you know, which are part of ancient China, right? So you kind of assume that's in Shanghai because Shanghai is one of the biggest cities in China. Right, exactly. And so I think people are very shocked when they come here. You know, I heard, a, I, I have an expat friend here who the other day mentioned that he, it feels like Shanghai has no soul, you know, and I sort of felt like, you know, that's because you need to leave like expat Shanghai, you know. Uh, but it's true, you know, I think that um, the city of Shanghai definitely, except for a couple of big exceptions like Jing'an Temple, uh, Jing'an Si, or uh, Yuan Garden, you know, um, where there are still kind of ancient uh, parts of ancient China, you know, ancient temples, things like that, that have been preserved, but specifically as attractions, you know, it doesn't really have that kind of, it, like, what other people, people maybe outside of China associate with ancient China, you know, but it does definitely have the modern Chinese style, you know, the mix of modern and some old, you know, I mean, even this building right here is uh, this characteristic kind of red brick square architecture that is so common in sort of old Shanghainese houses, you know, and some of those have been preserved over time. Totally. Um, I think it lends to the point, like, in some of the podcasts, we talk about how travel books are often designed around landmarks. Mm, yes. But in a city like Shanghai, which is more focused on the function and the operation right, and the working right. rather than tourism, there's less landmarks. So it's not easy yes. to define where you go as a tourist. Right. Especially because in Shanghai, I think a lot of the landmarks are very uh, centralized toward, you know, Putong, the center of the city, the Bund. You know, once you leave that area, there's not really as many landmarks that I think make it in the travel books. I just think that Shanghai is especially a city that does not lend itself very well to travel books. Also because a lot of the things that make Shanghai Shanghai are a little bit hard. We were saying about this, a, a little bit hard for uh, people that are not Chinese to access. You know, there's not a lot of English signage. There's not really an effort, I think, uh, in the non-expat part of Shanghai to accommodate foreigners. People are working. People are busy. You know, it's sort of like, we'll provide you the minimum and just get by with that. Totally. And that's where I think, um, as a tourist, it's just about setting expectations. Right. But again, I think the point is that, um, you know, with Shanghai being a working city, with so many expats here working, with so many locals working, when you come in as a tourist, the idea is if you try to see just the only Chinese portion, you're also missing this huge expat portion that makes up part yes, of the city. that's true. So it's okay to do both. Yes, exactly. It's okay. You know, I think if you come to Shanghai, use the guidebooks and, you know, use uh, the sites that I mentioned, you know, things like Smart Shanghai Timeout, because they will both tell you... Do the touristy things. You know, they are pretty impressive. But then also look for, you know, what are the best restaurants and the best bars, and you'll get a sense of different neighborhoods that way. And the good news is there's so many. Yes, exactly. Like, to be honest, if I don't make that, that like, the restaurant with the line out the door, like, I'm, that's not the end of yeah, the world. Yeah, it's okay. You I've know. had so much good food. I've tried other uh -huh. things. Um Again, it, like that's part of the experience. Yeah, you know? exactly. You'll I, never get to do all the things. That's kind of part of exactly. the experience. Yeah. You know, when you have a city catering to the population of Canada, that, right. that's it's inevitable. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, in all my years even of traveling here, I feel like, you know, there's so many things I don't know. And it is also a city that just turns over so quickly, you know. So every year you come here and there's a new technology, there's a new app people are into, there's new bars and restaurants that people like to go to. Uh, so you just can't keep up with it all, you totally. know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. Is there any other like words of wisdom you have for our listeners? Um, are there any other words of wisdom? Um, hmm. That's a really good question. 
I think, uh, you know, going back to the transit thing, it's actually relatively difficult to transit here. So I think what you would want to do is plan ahead of time, know the places that you want to go, download the Chinese address of places, showing to your ca- show it to your cab driver. You've kind of a, had that experience. I have like four screenshots. Yeah, I always exactly. take screenshots of everything because the internet's also not very good. Right, exactly. Yeah, if you, um, you know, if you are trying to use U.S. sites, you know, the Wi-Fi is definitely, and the, and the, uh, the Wi-Fi and the data signal is not going to be as good. You know, very protectionist against Chinese sites. Totally, so. it's it's either slow or fragmented. Like, right? We'll be I, I'll be in a major area like the French Concession. Yes. And I think I have good internet because this is a very premium on-demand area. Right. But then it just won't work. Yes, and the problem is, you know, you have to you kind of have to use the Chinese sites in order for it to work normally. But then everything's in Chinese. You know, so exactly. Do your research ahead of time. Have some uh, have some things downloaded to your phone and just show your cab driver you know and you'll have a good time absolutely yeah. it's it's uh like going a little bit in the past no yeah. internet <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah having to be prepared you know it's ironic because in a city where everyone else around you everything's on demand they just look up everything and there's no need for everyone to pre- for anyone to prepare anything you as a foreigner i mean we we're talking about the china tax right you have to pay the china tax there's a premium for the cash yeah there's charge. a premium yeah they're gonna try to scam you and you know like if you're yeah you have to deal with the extra stuff you know the taxi's gonna take the long way home yeah exactly the taxi's always gonna take the long way you can't communicate that you just want to get out you just you know Totally. Um, yeah, but that's just part of the experience. Yes, exactly. You know, and this, this is probably stuff that expats deal with. Yeah, exactly. I think it's things that expats deal with. And it's just part of, you know, the craziness of Shanghai that uh, all of this would exist all in the same place. Exactly. It's it's and it's nothing too crazy either. It's the same crazy that you'd see in any other yeah, large I city so. that might be just as international. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for showing me around, Xi'an. Thank you. This has been a great day. And listeners, I hope you had fun, and I hope you come and visit. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining, Xi'an. And for all you listeners out there, the podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. Please tune in, subscribe, share, and comment. See you then.